a blessing to welcome up Pastor Michelle. She is our senior pastor from down in Nowra. She's travelled up from Nowra today and um, she's going to really bless us with a word from God this morning. So let's stand up and welcome her. Welcome to the stage. Thanks, Pastor Michelle. Good morning, church. It's so great to be here. While you're standing, let's just pray and commit this whole meeting to God, hey? Thank you, Jesus. We just thank you right now that you are here. You are as close as the air we breathe right now. We know your presence is here. And God, we just love you. We honour you. And we ask right now for our hearts to be open to receive what you want us to hear this morning. I pray that you would have your way, God, in this place. Stir us up, God. Continue to grow us and strengthen us to be all you've called us to be in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you take a seat? It is such a privilege for me to be here with you this morning. I think it's been a little while since I've been up here. For those who don't know me, I'm Michelle and my other half is Jason who is preaching in Nara this morning. And um, But I just really wanted to honour um, Timothy and Cherie too. Just your, your location pastors, are, these are incredible people. And we just love them dearly. Um, can you give them a hand clap? We just honour you. And I had just a little word of encouragement just for you both. Um, I hope it's an encouragement. <laughs> I saw you a bit like this year is going to be a real year of growth. And I saw you like a rubber band and you're being stretched. And you're thinking, seriously, God, how much more can I stretch? But God will never give you more than you can't handle. And I, he just wants to encourage you that this is your year for growth. This is your year for growth in many areas, but he's also very proud of you both. And I just really wanted to encourage you and speak that over you this morning because there's so much more inside of both of you. There's just new heights, new levels, new growth that you have never even begun to dream that God's going to do in your lives. But this is a year of foundations and building and stretching and growing. But be encouraged because God is with you. And there's never a moment where you are on your own. There's never a moment in your darkest days, know that God is with you. He's right there. You may not feel it. You may not see him, but he's right there. So be encouraged with that this morning. Isn't God good? Yeah. Well, this morning I got a word in my heart that I felt God dropped in my spirit in a prayer meeting. And um, I was just, a, you know, we're called to be people who bear fruit, right? Do you believe as Christians that we are called to bear fruit? We're not just called to exist. Come on, God, God has put purpose in us. He has put something on the inside of us because He wants not just only us to thrive, He wants others around us to thrive. He wants us to be thriving trees so that we can draw many people to Jesus because that's what we're about. We're about drawing people to Jesus. Forever Jesus is our focus and it will always be about Jesus, no matter what we do. So I've titled my message, Stunted Shrubs or Thriving Trees. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a stunted shrub. <laughs> I want to be a thriving tree where I'm like an oasis. I have this picture of like where this oasis and there's dry 
and desert all around us and people struggling and they see this oasis and they're just drawn to it. That's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be people that are so full of Him, so full of His goodness, so full of His peace, so full of His joy, everything that is good. So that flows out to others and they are drawn to Jesus, not to us, to Jesus. That's a big key, really important for us. And I really sense that God wants us to go deeper, church. Sometimes we live our lives as Christians at a surface level. And we do quick fixes. To, to You know, we just think a quick fix here and a quick fix there. Because we're just living a surface life and we're focused on outward appearances. God wants us to go deeper. To dig those roots in. To plant beside those living water that we can be all that God has called us to be. And an example of quick fixes is um, at home we have a couple of dodgy toilet rolls. My son Jaden's here with me this morning. (laughs) And (laughs) there's one, both our toilet rolls are dodgy. And um, this one in our ensuite gets really loose. And every now and then I have to get the Allen key out and tighten it up. And it fixes it for a little while. And then (laughs) before you know it, it's loose again. And it's not until we actually take the thing off, fill in the holes, fix it properly drill new holes, put a new one up there that it's going to be fixed. And I feel like some of us sometimes going through life and we're struggling and we think just a quick two-minute prayer is going to cut it for the week or for the month. Or we open the Bible because we're struggling. Oh, this verse, this, this will get me through. And it's not enough. It doesn't cut it. God wants us to put down deep roots so that we can grow, so that we can be effective. Because I'm telling you now, quick fixes will not make you someone that that is thriving. And you want to be a thriving Christian, right? That's what this morning's about. And in my prayer time, I saw the picture of this garden plant and it was struggling to survive. And every now and then, the person responsible for this plant would come and remember, oh, that's right, I've got to water that plant. And so they'd go and put a little bit of water on it and it'd come to life just a little bit. And then weeks go past again, oh, I forgot that plant. This is me, by the way. (laughs) And they, they pour water on it and again, it comes to life for a little bit, but it's always struggling. We were never designed to live life like that. We were never designed to live as a, as a stunted shrub that's struggling to survive, but to, to, to thrive, be like a palm tree that gives shade to others, that they can come to us and find a refuge. They can find that strength that they need in their lives. And it's really important. And then sometimes our excuses can come. I don't have time. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time. I don't feel like it. Well, you have time to scroll through Facebook or Instagram. You have time to watch TV. (laughs) I can say this with a smile on my face. (laughs) Hey, I'm speaking to myself here. We have time to dig deeper. We really do have time to put in and be all that God's called us to be. So let's get rid of those excuses, right? It's so important for us. And you know, you can look at people sometimes, maybe you look at a preacher or a singer or a musician and you think, wow, I wish I could sing like that or I wish I could play like that or I wish I could preach. But you don't know what goes behind the scenes, the prayers, the hard work, the determination, the not giving up through the hard times. And that's what God has called us to do because life is not easy, right? 
It's not easy. It's challenging. But it's what builds us and makes us who we are. And it's what God has called us to do. You look at elite athletes. The amount of training that goes into that is phenomenal. We were never designed and created to do life alone. We were created to do it with God. He has to be your rock. He has to be your foundation. And this morning, we're going to look at the book of Jeremiah. And it's just a short passage in chapter 17, verses 5 to 8. But before I go there, I just want to explain a little bit about the book of Jeremiah to give you a little bit of an overview of its theme. So Jeremiah was a prophet called of God who lived in Judah for 40 years, just before the Israelites were exiled to Babylon. His messages were often unwelcomed, actually very unwelcomed. And, um, <laughs> and often his life was even threatened. And yet he still gave these messages that the Lord gave him. And it got to a point where Jeremiah was like, I'm so over getting rejected here, made make fun of, I'm just going to shut up. But then it goes to Jeremiah 20 verse 9 and it says, But if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak in His name, His Word burns in my heart like a fire. It is like a fire in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. And I read that and I thought, wow, Jeremiah had the Word of God burning in his heart, so much so that it was like a fire in his bones. He says, I am worn out from trying to hold it back and I just can't do it anymore. I wonder how many of us have the Word of God burning in our hearts that we just cannot help but speak it out. We cannot help but share the Word of God to those in our world because it's burning in my spirit. And I was so encouraged And I want you to be encouraged. I want you to open your heart this morning because if Jeremiah says that this Word of God was burning in my heart and I can't help but speak it, I reckon it's worth listening to. There's a passage in Jeremiah we need to take a hold of. What is God saying to us as a church right now in this season is so important. And Jeremiah had a message of not just doom and gloom, but also hope, that there is hope, that there is restoration coming as well. And so it's so important for us to remember, no matter how far you've walked away, no matter how far you've gone, God's there with His arms open wide, saying, come on, I love you, I'm for you, I have so much for you. God has so much for us, church, so much for us as a church and us individually. He wants you to know that He's for you. doesn't matter how far you've walked away. God is calling you back today. He's there with open arms. And we see in verse 1 of chapter 17, I just want to start here, that Judah's sin was written with a pen of iron and with the point of a diamond. It is engraved on the tablet of their heart. Richard Neely Donovan writes, when people of that era wanted to assure the permanence of a message, they engraved it on stone with an iron stylus. An iron stylus with a diamond point was the premier instrument for engraving, making it possible to inscribe the letters deeply and permanently. And there were a number of instances in the Old Testament that speak of something engraved. 
We see God commanded Israel to engrave the names of the sons of Israel on 12 stones, one for each of the sons of Israel. And that's found in Exodus 28, 9, 11 and 21. And to engrave the words holy to Yahweh on a rosette of pure gold. That was found in Exodus 28, 36. And God engraved the law on the tablets of the covenant that Moses brought down from Mount Sinai. That's in Exodus 32, 16. And in each of these instances, that which was engraved was intended to bring to remembrance the covenant relationship that Israel enjoyed with God. And it is engraved on stone. But now we see in Jeremiah that that's engraved is not on stone, but it is on the tablet of their heart and it is sin. It's on, on their heart, the innermost part of our being. And that is why it's so important to guard your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life, right? And we also see in Proverbs 3 verse 3 and Proverbs 7 verse 3, the phrase on the tablet of your heart. And we are to engrave loyalty. We are to engrave faithfulness and God's commandments on our heart, not sin. And so this brings me to Jeremiah 17 verses 5 to 8. I'm going to read this to you. And in this passage, we see that we have two choices in how we live our lives. Two choices. One is we can live our lives trusting in man, the world, or we can live our lives trusting in God. I want to live my life trusting in God. Verse 5 says, This is what the Lord says. Now, this is Jeremiah speaking the Word of God, okay? This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness on the salty flats where no one lives. Doesn't this sound like a great advertisement for a holiday destination? (laughs) Let's go to that place, not. (laughs) Verse 7 says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and make Him their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they go right on producing delicious fruit. Oh, that sounds good, doesn't it? Let's be the people that trust in the Lord, right? And we see a very similar passage of Scripture in Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3, the very popular one I'm going to read to you as well. It says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord. They delight in the Lord. They delight in His Word. They delight in Jesus. And they meditate on it day and night. They are like trees planted along riverbanks, bearing fruit in every season. Their leaves neither wither and they prosper in all that they do. So I've got three keys this morning on how to be a thriving tree. We're going to be thriving trees, aren't we? Thriving trees for Jesus. (laughs) Number one is they put their trust in the Lord, not man. 
It's a simple statement. Put your trust in the Lord, not man. But sometimes we forget. And um, they recognise that putting trust in man is fallible. But we put our trust in God who is infallible. He's such wise wisdom there to put your trust in God. You will flourish. You know, when I was a kid, my brother and I used to love to play hairdressers. <laughs> and um, I've got one brother. <laughs> he's he's um, 18, 20 months older than me. And um, so he used to always want to be the barber. Oh, and, and we had this little station set up and I'd sit down and we'd have all these like combs and brushes and little curlers and, and fake scissors. But this particular day, my brother decides to get the real thing. <laughs> and so he goes and gets this sharp pair of scissors and I'm like hang on a second, <laughs> what are you doing with those? And he says, oh, it's okay, you can trust me. I promise I won't cut your hair. So what does he do? He cut my fringe right to the scalp. <laughs> I had long blonde hair <laughs> and this beautiful fringe and he cut right to the scalp. And you know what? It was two days before my school photo. So I have a photo... <laughs> Of me in year one <laughs> with this short hair and this <laughs> no fringe. But you think I would have learnt the lesson, right? Oh. And then we played again. <laughs> but he'd hidden the scissors this time. So I didn't know the real scissors were there. And this time it was the ponytail. I had my hair up in a ponytail, chop. But you would have thought I would have learned after the first time, right? <laughs> Sometimes we're a bit like that. It's like, come on, people, learn your lesson. Come on, Michelle. God has so many good things for us. And we're looking out in the world. We're looking everywhere else when God's got the best for us. So keep your eyes, trust Him. So the moral of your story, that story is don't trust in man, but put your trust in God. Put your trust in God and you will flourish. I love that word flourish. I looked it up in the dictionary and it means to grow or develop successfully, to grow luxuriantly. <laughs> it's to thrive. It's to achieve success, prosper, to be in a state of activity or production and to reach a height of development or influence. Do you want to flourish? I know I want to flourish. I want to be like that. I want to be a tree that flourishes, that people are drawn to us and they are drawn, well, not drawn to us, but they're drawn to the Jesus in us and we can point them to their hope, to their future that is in Jesus and all that He has for them. So good. There was a television program preceding the 1988 Winter Olympics and it featured blind skiers being trained for slalom skiing. Impossible as that sounds, paired with sighted skiers, the blind skiers were taught on the flats how to make right and left turns. And when they mastered that, they were taken to the slalom slope where they were with sighted partners skiing beside them, shouting out left, right, left, right, straight, left, Right, how incredible is that? You can just picture it. And as they could obeyed these commands, they were able to negotiate the course and complete the finish line, depending solely on the sighted skier beside them to direct them. It could have ended in, you know, complete catastrophe, but 
it ended in complete success because they trusted the voice of the skier leading them. How much do we trust the voice of God leading us in our everyday? Come on, God's speaking to us every day. Hey, Michelle, go left. Hey, Michelle, go right. Sometimes we want a map. God, show me my future. Show me where I'm going. Make it clear. But God gives us a compass and He says, go left. Head north or whatever it is. It's like, oh, it's just that trust, that complete trust in God that He has the best for your future. And it's such a beautiful picture of a Christian life, isn't it? In a world where in reality we're blind and we're not sure what course to take, but we must rely solely on the Word of God, solely on Jesus Himself to give us direction and to finish the course that God has for us and intended right from before we were even born. God has a future and a plan for your life that is greater than you can possibly imagine. That's how much God loves you and He's for you. And that um, story came from Robert W. Sutton about the skiers. I thought that was so powerful, so incredible. Another thing with trust, have you ever watched a child with their father and they throw them in the air and catch them? Throw them in the air (laughs) and every woman in the place or every mother's like, I can't look. (laughs) But they just, and this child's laughing and just carefree and just complete trust. And it's, I just see that with God, you know, we've just got to completely trust Him that He has your perfect plan for your life. It's so, so good. And this can only happen by us going deeper in our relationship with Jesus. It is so important to make sure that we dig deep roots to grow in our relationship with God and all that He has for us. Number two this morning is do not need to fear or worry. When you are a thriving tree, you do not need to fear or worry. And it's easy to say, right? Because there's a lot of things in life that are scary and fearful. And, you know, and that's real. There's, there's people with real anxieties and real things in life that are a struggle. But God doesn't want us to live in that place. He wants us to, to live in a place of freedom. And that comes from relationship with Him and growing and increasing in, in our relationship with God as we do. There's a story of an exasperated husband and he asks his wife, Why are you always worrying so much? It doesn't do you any good. You're always worrying. And she quickly pipes back, Oh, yes, it does, dear. 95% of the things I worry about never happen. (laughs) And it's so true. (laughs) It doesn't do her any good. She says, Yes, it does, because it doesn't happen. (laughs) It's so true. So many things we worry about. And all it does is helps, keeps us focused on the negative, keeps us focused on what if, what if, what if. We can't live our lives in what if, what if, what if. We've got to live in the moment, live in the place, the season God's called you in right now to be faithful with what God has put in your hand, to be a blessing to those in your world. So be encouraged with that. And fear and worry is actually the opposite of faith. And God has called us to be a people of faith where we walk by faith and not by sight, where we trust Him even when we don't feel it, even when you can't see Him. You trust Him that He's there with you every step of the way. He's a faithful God. And I love in Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34, and I'm not going to read it all, but we are reminded to not worry. We are reminded 
that God cares about the birds of the air and he looks after them and he provides for them. But how much more does God love us and how much more does he want to provide for us who love him? We're made in God's image, church. We are made in the very image of God. And when he created us, he said, it is good. It is very good. So be encouraged that you are very good in the eyes of Jesus. So important. You don't need to fear. Do not worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. We get so caught up in surface things, as I said earlier, when there's so much more that God has for us to step into. In Jesus' name. And number three this morning, to be a thriving tree is they are always bearing fruit. I want to challenge you this morning and I'm challenging myself. Am I bearing fruit? Is my life bearing fruit? Am I making a difference? I want to challenge you this morning because a thriving tree, a healthy tree will bear healthy fruit. A healthy Christian will bear fruit. And it's so important for us to make sure that we are producing fruit because we are called to be that for Jesus. We are called to be His hands and His feet. We are called to be that example so that when others look at our lives, they see Jesus. Was there's something different about you. There's something different about that person. What is it? I want to know what it is. What, what keeps you so happy? Why are you always so happy? Why are you always so, you know, you just life seems to be cruisy for you and you're like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's because the God inside of me has graced me to walk this journey. And then you point people to Jesus, always pointing people to Jesus. So let's be a people who are like a thriving tree, not a stunted shrub. I want you to remember that this morning. Come on, we are people who are thriving in Jesus. And I really felt like that this morning. There are some people who are feeling a bit like that stunted shrub. But today is your day where God says, come on, I'm raising up a thriving tree that's gonna be someone that's gonna bring shade, someone that's gonna be a refuge. And you're gonna see many transformed lives around you because you made a decision to say, hey, Jesus, I want more of you. I wanna dig my roots down deep. I want to plant my life beside this, that, that living water so it can flow out of me onto others and be that. So I want to encourage you. I'm going to pray for your church and I'd love for you to stand to your feet this morning. And I just encourage you to open up your heart and within yourself this morning, come on, let a hunger rise in your spirit. Come on, there's so much more. God has so much more for our church, so much more for City Church as a family, for you individually. But I'm telling you, you have to dig those wells. You have to dig those roots down deep. No more surface living. Father God, I thank You right now. I thank You, Jesus, for a hungry people. I thank You, Lord, that You are building a church, Father God, that is not focused on the outward appearance, but it is focused on what you are doing on the inside. I pray, Father God, for a fire to come on the inside of us like Jeremiah, that it would burn within our bones, that we would be weary from trying to hold it back. 
back. But I pray, Father God, that You would stir Your fire in this place this morning, God. Ignite fires in this place, Father God. I pray for a stirring. I pray for a hunger to open Your Word, that Your Word would come alive in our spirit, Father God, that it would transform the way we think. It would transform the way we live. It would transform us from the inside out, God, that others would be drawn into You, Father. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that You would have Your way in this church, that You would have Your way in our lives as we surrender again and say, Jesus, we want more. We want more. We're hungry, Jesus. More of You, Jesus. We're not satisfied with where we are. I pray, God, that we would dig those roots into that living water that You have called us to, that sustains us, that gives us life. We are life givers. You have called us to be life givers. I thank You, Jesus. We worship You in this place. Come on, will You worship this morning? Will You love on Him this morning? He's a holy God. He's a worthy God. We love You, Jesus. We worship You, Lord. Jesus, we lift up the name of Jesus. Have your way. You are holy. You are holy. You are worthy. Jesus, the name above all names. Jesus, the way above. We're going deeper this morning. There's more. We love you, Jesus. There's freedom in the name of Jesus. There's freedom in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Freedom. There's freedom in the name of Jesus. Oh, you set the captives free. You break a chain. He can restore marriages. He can restore families. He's a God of power. He's a God of might. And He's looking for a people who are hungry. 
glory this morning. Oh man, I could worship all morning. Sorry, church. <laughs> Come on, let's worship, team. <laughs> 